because we're so busy taking care of everyone else when what we don't realize is that if we don't take care of ourselves and something happens to us, who's going to take care of everyone then? Realizing that sometimes being selfish is so unselfish. If you don't take a moment and be selfish for yourself, then you're not doing anyone that you love any service. You're doing them a great disservice. Because again, when something happens to you, who's going to take care of them then? Wise words from our sister, Jeanette Chiron. Look, maybe you're a foodie. Maybe you have family. Maybe you had actually had family that passed away from type 2 diabetes, or maybe you're in a dark place, and maybe you just need some really super simple steps to turn everything around, or maybe you just need some words of encouragement or just some good old-fashioned love. Well, that's exactly what we're going to cover, so let's just get right into it. Hi. My name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuff in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives, in the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people like Facebook groups or on the internet or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, Jeanette, my friend, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely stoked to, uh, to have you on. So, um, you know, real quick question here, if you don't mind, uh, you know, me asking, um, do you mind sharing your story as that, you know, how you had become diagnosed or maybe, you know, what had ultimately led you to become, uh, becoming type 2 diabetic? Well, diabetes runs in my family. So um, when I was pregnant with my son 21 or so years ago, I was um, diagnosed with gestational diabetes. So that was kind of the precursor. Uh, I'd al- I've always been heavy. Even as a kid, I've always been heavy. Um, so, you know, you just kind of know that it's coming. But the gestational diabetes kind of kicked in. After I had my son, I was fine. I was able to, um, you know, stay under the pre-diabetic cursor, so to speak, for a while. And then it was pre-diabetes and then it was a diet and then I lost the weight and then it went away. And then, you know, there was this yo-yo dieting thing that went on until I was full-fledged diabetic. I had an A1C of almost 11. Oh my, um, my doctor said, you've got to go on insulin. And I said, there's no way I'll do it naturally. Um, 
And I did. I lost the weight. I got, you know, my A1C back down to normal. And then the yo-yoing started again. So um, I lost my father to, um, to complications because of renal failure, which was caused by diabetes and heart disease. Um, 17 years ago. And I just, you know, after yo-yoing so many times, I'm like, I don't want to live this way. I, d I don't want to live a life that I have to take medications every single day. And I have to worry about, am I going to be alive, you know, next year because of this disease? So that's when I decided enough is enough. I mean, I got to get the weight off. I got to get serious about it. And that's what I did almost two years ago. Wow. That's awesome. And so when you ha were first diagnosed, uh, what were some of the initial steps that you had taken? Um, well, I, you know, I was, like I said, diabetes and stuff was in my family. So, you know, my parents took medication every day and I didn't want to be that way. So the first thing that I thought was I need to get away from the medication. And the only way to get away from that is to get the disease to go away. And the only way to do that is to eat better and to try and lose the weight. Um, you know, many doctors will tell you you know, carrying excess weight is one of the first ways um, to, you know, mess up your, your, um, or throw your hormones out of whack, which, you know, is one of the things that regulates insulin, which is one of the things that regulates your blood sugar. So um, it was always lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. That was always my, that was always my answer. And I was always able to get it off, but I always had a problem keeping it off. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that um, because when you say you know heavy as a kid, um, that's actually a recurring theme for a few of us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you kind of touched on something that was pretty uh, that kind of hit a lot of us as well, which is um, you know wanting to do it naturally and obviously also having family members that had gone down through a similar path, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, like, what exactly was it that kind of like tickled you about the whole medication part of it? Because it's kind of a recurring theme that I'm also seeing with other people. Some people it clicks and some people it doesn't. And so for somebody that it doesn't click with, like, what was it inside of you that said, okay, pills and shots? Uh, no. Like, what, what was it for you that made you, like, take that? Well, I... I, I, like I said, I watched my parents with their illnesses, um, you know, growing up, especially my father. And, um, I, I would go to, as, as a young adult, I would take him to his, um, appointments because he didn't drive. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like every few months he would go in with a new complaint and the doctor would just add another pill. Okay, well here, take this. And then he'd go in, you know, three or four months later and he'd be like, oh, this is bothering me doctor. And the doc's like, yeah, some people get that from a side effect of that. Okay, take this now. And I, I'm like, this is crazy. Before you go from one pill to here, this is going to regulate your blood sugar. And this actually happened to me. And it's what really like woke me up. Here, take this for your blood sugar. And then you go in for three month check. Okay, good. You go for six month check. Okay, good. You go for your nine month or 12 month, whatever, because they want to see you every few months. Right. And now it's okay here. We want you to take this for your kidneys. What? What's wrong with my kidneys? Well, there's nothing wrong with your kidneys, but. By having high blood sugar and by having this, it could damage your kidneys. So it's just going to protect your kidneys. So after doing some research, I'm like, hmm, everything that I consume goes through my kidneys, affects my kidneys, my liver, you know, gets in my blood. So it's affecting all of my major organs. So you're telling me that this pill isn't going to have any negative effect on any part of my body at all. It's just going to protect my kidneys. And the doctor's like, yes. I'm like, that's BS. Yes. I'm not buying it. That's BS. It, today it's this. Next year it's going to be that. The following year. Before you know it, I'm taking 8 to 10 to 12 medications. I can't get off of anything because now I'm so sick that I have to depend on all of your medications. And I'm like, this is BS. I'm not doing it. Take all your medications. You know, screw this. And so then it was, well, she's a difficult patient, right? Oh my goodness. And so it's like, I'm, I'm not being difficult. You know what I am? I'm being an advocate for myself. I'm saying that I am not going to accept you giving me this Band-Aid and having me put it on every single cut you add to my body every time I come into this office. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you that I am going to heal myself as best as I can. And if I can't, then I might be back. But I'm telling you, 
I know what I need to do. It's just getting myself in the place that I need to be in order to actually do it. So until I found a doctor who was willing to side with me and say, okay, you want to try doing it on your own naturally? I propose, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I'm a proponent of that. I'm going to give you six months. I'll see you in three months for a blood test. Let's see which way you're going. So when I originally did this, this last time, which will be my final time of having to lose the weight, when I did it, I was in and my A1C was at 10, almost 10. Yeah. I went in, um, I think that was August. I went in in April, the, you know, the following April. So what, six, almost eight months later. And my A1C was down to like 5.8 or something like that. 6.0 or something. It was like so dramatic. She's like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, keep doing it. You know what? The fact that 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 provider had that level of support. Now, obviously, they're all a little bit different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's huge because in some of the groups that you and I are in, we're not seeing that. Um, and you, you actually hit on some really big things. And so it's, it's kind of funny that you would share that because, you know, for me personally, my, uh, so my wife works for, you know, one of the local health healthcare networks, you know, and mm -hmm. my first provider, the one that after I was diagnosed had worked with me with, she was a specialist that worked, you know, specifically with type two diabetics and cancer patients. Right. And so, um, because she had worked with my wife for like, I think at the time it was maybe like 10, 11, like 12 years or whatever, mm -hmm. she was like. D like stop messing around. Like, um, she goes, you know, all my patients that are, that are on the same thing that you are like, it's, it's, it's not good. It's a jacked up path, you know? And, um, you know, and bless her heart, priceless. If it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't even be here right now, you know, cause she ended mm -hmm. up giving me the talk. And so it's, what's funny about that is that you're right. I was on that same exact path. The pills got stronger and stronger. And ironically, your story was, was so much like mine in that I was one of a couple of cousins that took my grandfather to his, you know, dialysis appointments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when I had gotten the talk, she was like, dude, if you don't change anything, you're like 12 months away from starting dialysis. And so um, I was on that same path. The pills just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I go to the pharmacist, um, like literally right around the corner from my house. And um, because we were testing, we were kind of like shooting dice, you know what I mean? Like, because the, the, uh, the side effects just got stronger and stronger, and there was like more and more, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. We just started swapping, you know, stuff around so much so to try to find like that magic combination that would work. And then by the time we got to something that was like halfway decent, I go to the pharmacist and her screen like must have lit up like a Christmas tree. She's like, dude, don't tell me you're taking all this stuff at once. And I'm like, no. And uh, so long story short, I told her the whole, you know, why, what I was doing, all those different side effects, the whole dialysis thing. And then so she gives me the the uh, the information stops and she's like, hey, you know, like, you know, that whole dialysis thing. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, you know, you might want to be careful because some of these exactly what you were saying. She goes, some of these medicines, they're going to put they're actually metabolized and they pass through the kidneys. So you're going to be putting a big load on the very thing that you're trying to protect. Right. And I'm like, yep. wait a minute, I'm damaging the thing that I'm trying to protect. And what's funny is, OK, here's how on the button you were. OK, my um, my initial provider told me that. OK, mm -hmm. the pharmacist told me that. OK, my, now my initial provider priced this woman, her and her, uh, her husband, they ended up buying their dream home. So they moved and I got I ended up getting a new doctor. This new doctor was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I, I was trying these different diets. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. Long story short, it kind of one of them blew up in my face. And uh, it was when I went zero carb. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, which is tough. Oh, my gosh. That's so tough. But keep going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, no, it, it, I think it's OK. But um, yeah, definitely different uh, discussion or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, it went kind of sideways. And um, she's like, you're going on drugs now. And I'm like, no. And she's like, why? And I didn't. I didn't know what to tell her. You know what I mean? Like it, what, from what the, uh, my initial provider had told me and the pharmacist told me, I thought of it like, you know how like in, uh, in, uh, elementary school, we learn about, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, you know, the guy that had the apple fall on his head, you know, for every reaction, yeah. there's, you know what I mean? And so I figured like, okay. For every action, there's a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought like, Hey, if I'm putting these chemicals in my body, that's going to do everything from like start, stop, accelerate, you know, slow down completely stop um you know accelerate like it's a it's a catalyst for something that's not going to naturally happen like okay i get it but in the same breath like what price am i paying like over time you know what i mean like what price yes. is my body paying and um so i brought that up to my 
my new provider. And she was just like, well, I don't know why she would say that. And I'm like, well, dude, she's probably working right now. Like, let's just call her. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she immediately deflected the call. And I was like, dude, this is a doctor's office. Like, I, we have a phone in the room. Like, you don't want to just call her? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was thinking. I didn't say that because I, I have so much respect for these people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but it didn't sit with me well. And the next thing you know, I ended up learning about nephrotoxic medicines or uh, uh, nephrology and nephrotoxic medicines, which Mm -hmm. there's an entire list. And, um, yeah, everything from uh, diabetes medications, statins, cholesterol medications. uh, Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so what you were saying, like, as you were saying, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, right on the button. In fact, um, if you go, um, I'll probably put it in the show notes. the kidney foundation because like you know when we when we were diagnosed it's not like today where things now are so transparent with the internet we can actually like find something right right yeah and back then it was almost like folklore to where now the actual kidney foundation is saying hey here are some of the medications that are the worst for your kidneys and ironically diabetes medications are on that list you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and Mm -hmm. the sad part about it is and i don't want to like point fingers at the doctors only because they were trained a particular way. And I think that with the way that information moves so fast, some of it is still being explored. Some of it isn't as well-founded as it maybe could be. I think it's unfair to set them on fire completely, um, you know, if and when they're really just trying to go off of what they were taught. But in the same breath, man, it's just uh, it's just a different world. You know what I mean? But That's all I'm trying to say. the problem with, if I can interrupt, and Please. just based on what you just said there, the problem isn't the doctors and what they are doing. The problem is what they're not doing. The problem is, is that doctors are only trained to treat illnesses. Doctors are not trained to help you be, seek health. They're not, they're not trained to help improve your health, right? Yeah. They're there to take tests and go, good job. Keep doing what you're doing. Or yeah. they're trained to go, you've got this, this, and this. You need to start taking that, that, and that. I'll see you in three months. I, I mean, of all the doctors that I saw as as a, a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, you know, I'm going to be 47 years old. I've had a lot of doctors in my life. And of all the doctors, like they say, you know, you really need to lose weight. I'm like, yep, I know. And I'm like, how do you propose that I do that? And the answer was always eat less, move more. Yeah. That was always the answer. And it was like, okay, well, what should I eat? Well, eat fruits and eat everything, but eat less of it. Okay. Well, how much exercise should I get? Just keep moving. Don't, don't sit so much. Don't this. I mean, I used to go to the doctor for bronchitis and the doctor used to say, you know, you need to lose weight. I'm like, and I, is that going to help my bronchitis go away? Like, I, I, I mean, it, it just, it, it was fat shaming. And, and I, I certainly hope that I don't ever come across that way to anyone, you know, whether it be a friend, someone in my family, a client, whatever. But gosh, I know I'm fat. I look at myself every single day, you yeah. know, and, and you as a physician should be helping me get to where I should be, not just throwing a dang bandaid on top of it and saying, all right, where's my 200 bucks? And not all doctors are that way, but man, I have had plenty that were. And I think that more doctors need to be open to helping people naturally fix themselves as opposed to just throwing pills down their throat. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of sad too, because, um, I'm not so much of a political guy. However, I'm sure you've probably seen it just in some of the groups that we're in. How mm-hmm. uh, is Bernie Sanders? They went to another country, right? They went to another country to get um, the same medications, the same type two diabetic medications that we have here. They went to Canada, which is, I think they went from like New York to Canada, which is like a stone's right. throw. And it was yeah. literally like a fraction. I think something ridiculous, like either half or like one tenth. And it was like, Oh my, simply by, because of regulations and the way yes. that our, uh, our market system is set up here. You know what I mean? And it's good, not so the much good old a, FDA, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by all means, like I'm not a, uh, we're not standing, you and I aren't standing on a rock saying it's a conspiracy against the man. No, we're just saying it, it is what it is. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Hey, if you, if, uh, if people over in another country from the same exact brand, yes. 
can buy these same exact medicines at a, right. a fraction of the cost. And we over here, you know, because of whatever system or, you know, whatever it is. Um, hey, yeah. at the end of the day, that sucks because what's really happening is, is that people just like you and I um, are paying a price that they really can't pay. Yeah. And that's, and that's it, just not cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's very, it's really unfortunate. It really is. I mean, there's a lot of money in pharmaceuticals. Um, it, it, it is very sad. And again, I, I get it. I mean, doctors, I had, I went to a holistic doctor, um, for something that I couldn't get a physician to fix, kept telling me that it was all in my head. And, um, and he said, well, just figure if doctors, if doctors made you healthy, you wouldn't need them anymore. I'm like, but that's not true. I mean, we, we will always need doctors because there's some things that we just can't, we can't get away from on our own or some things that just, you know, unfortunately we get us without us even know, you know, like cancers and things like that. Like we will always need doctors. We'll always need medical care, but it, I mean, the world could just be such a better place if we just were more apt to helping people fix the problem and be healthy. And it's not even just doctors. Don't get me wrong. It's right. I mean, it's everything. I mean, it's, you got to have the best car, the biggest house, the fanciest shoes, which means you got to work 90 hours a week. So you can't sit down with your family and have a meal. You have no time to cook. So it's McDonald's and Wendy's and Subway every night of the week. It's, I mean, it, literally, you know, I've done more and more research and it's, it's systemic. It just, it one just, you know, falls on the other, which falls on the other, which falls on the other. And then you have people who go, well, why, why is it such an epidemic? Well, gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> right. We could go on and Forever. on and on. You know what, though? You brought up a really good point um, with the whole, you know, the systemic and the kind of like that snowball effect. And I think that one thing for a lot of us, um, or at least a, a vast majority of us, I should say, is that when it comes to some of the trends that may have like led us to becoming type 2 diabetic, ultimately, we were kind of like bigger as kids, right? So what were some of the things that you would, um, cause that's a huge hurdle for a lot of us to go ahead and like tackle, right? Mm -hmm. Like what were some mm -hmm. of the first steps that you would take in to really kind of like bridge that gap or really to get some of those initial wins? As a kid? No, no. Well, not only as a kid, like maybe just even as, after being diagnosed and saying, Hey, look, like my entire life, I've read, I rode this up and down roller coaster ride and I don't want to do it anymore. I need to do something that's going to stick. I need to do something that's not a hokey dieting thing or a hokey exercising thing or a, you know, a one, two, three fix all thing. I need something that's going to work for me, right? Like something that's going to give me something some... that's sustainable. Yes. Um, that was, that really, that was it. That was my biggest thing. Cause you know, I never had a problem going on, you know, South Beach or Atkins or, you know, I've never done keto, but I know many people who do. Um, you know, I never had a problem trying the latest fad. I never had a problem, you know, just making sure that I got to the grind and I was at, you know, working out two or three times a day and only eating fish and egg whites. And I mean, I did that for three months before I got married in 2003, but it's like, there's no way I could live my life this way. Right. I don't have three hours to work out every day and right. I don't want to live off of tilapia and egg whites. Yuck. I love food. I'm a foodie at heart. Yes. So I needed to be able to, when I wanted chocolate, I want chocolate. And if I don't eat chocolate and I eat everything but chocolate, when I'm done eating everything else, then I'm going to eat my chocolate. So, um, the, it was finding, finding a way to trigger my, my thought process and learn that I could have everything that I want in moderation. Um, I just needed to learn how to control myself. And, and for the most part, it was, it was a control thing. It was whether it's putting, not putting yourself in a situation that, you know, you're way too weak right now to handle mm -hmm. or psyching yourself up so much that it didn't matter how big the smorgasbord was in front of you. There was no way you were going to overeat. Right. It mm -hmm. was planning ahead. It was learning what a healthy meal really looks like. And, and, and do I like those things? Right. Yes. A lot of people say, Oh, I don't like vegetables. The only vegetable I like is broccoli. Okay. Well, you know, you could have broccoli in like 50 different ways. Right. So you never have to get sick of it. Or have you ever tried cauliflower crust pizza? Oh, I hate cauliflower crust. And then I'd make it. 
And then I'd feed it to them. And they're like, man, this pizza is awesome. What is this? Dude, that's cauliflower. Yeah. They're like, it is not. Yeah, it is. I'll, sh- I'll give you the recipe. You could make it. Just learning how to train your mind mm-hmm. and, your, and make sure that your actions follow. Um, and, and figuring out what's going to be sustainable for you, right? Some people, some, everyone is different. You know, that's why there's all these different programs out there and there's all these different diets out there. And this one does keto and that one does, um, what is the one where you don't eat for like 12 hours? Oh, intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. And then sure. you've got this one who eats all carbs, but no meat. And you got, everyone is different. And that, that's the wonderful part about us, right? We're so diverse. But you, you just need to find what works for you. And me finding what worked for me and and now after doing it for two years, it's sustainable. You know, now it's like, I don't even have to think twice. I never go to the store to, and grab a bag of Doritos because I know, one, Doritos aren't good for me. Two, my body doesn't like the way the Doritos makes it feel. And three, I don't even crave them. Right. You know? And that's something that, that comes typically over time by just by eating whole foods is that those cravings typically go away. I have found, and even today, you know, even, even today, sometimes I have those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I just want salt and fat and salt and fried food and blah, blah, blah. And occasionally I'll have a few bites and then I'm like, wow, my body still doesn't like that stuff. So next time when I'm thinking I want it, I'm going to remember how I feel right now and I'm not going to have it. Oftentimes when we go towards that more healthier option, instead of what we're craving, not only does it satisfy the craving, but we feel better, you know, so true. It, so, so and, true. and it fills us up. We think, oh, if I eat that apple, it's not going to fill me up. Well, eat that apple and then drink a glass of water and you're going to be full for about two hours. And there's good scientific reasoning why yeah. you should have that apple and not the Snickers bar, even though they say Snickers satisfies. Right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, and trust me, I like a Snicker just like everybody else, but I mean, it's, it's finding something that's sustainable, something that's realistic for you and doing it and sticking with it. You know, realizing if you fell off the wagon last night, the wagon is still sitting outside your door today. Right. Every time you put something in your mouth, you have the opportunity to make a better decision. So allowing yourself some grace, letting yourself have those things that you really truly do enjoy, but realizing you don't have to have chocolate cake every day. Even if it's keto chocolate cake, it's not that good for you. It's full of saturated fat. (laughs) Right. Right. You know what? Let me, let me ask you this. I mean, like, let's say whether um, it's a, it's a client or maybe even for yourself, if we were to like rewind all the way back, right. On like, let's say day one, it's like, all right, cool. Jeanette, I'm with you. I'm going to go ahead and flip that switch. Um, I'm going to go ahead and walk out of my house and I'm going into the free world. What do you think are probably going to be some of the easiest to apply, right? Um, Like tips, tricks, or strategies that you would probably either that you would use yourself or maybe even, you know, that, that you share with other folks. What are probably some of the easiest wins that we can give people right now who are like, all right, cool. Like Jeanette, I totally see where you're coming from. You're right. So what, what's something that I can do right now that I can like try out and, you know, I could see that it's real for me too. Okay. So the first thing is make sure that you hydrate. Um, Our body is made up of mostly water and we need water. And people say, oh, well, I drink coffee. Well, that's not water. Well, it is water. It's just brewed through coffee beans. It's not water. Your body needs clean water. And everyone says eight, eight, eight ounce glasses a day is enough. Nah, it depends. It depends on you. Eight, eight ounce glasses or 64 ounces is the minimum. If you're a larger person or you're a thicker person, then you should drink half of your body weight in ounces of water. Doing that every day is going to make sure that you're properly hydrated Allowing your body to be properly hydrated is going to allow your body to properly function. So, you know, your blood's going to flow well. You're not going to have brain fog. You're going to be able to, you know, secrete toxins, you know, whether it's through sweat or going to the restroom, you know, it's going to help your bowels work and your stomach and everything else. So properly hydrating would be the first one. The second one is always be prepared. Always have healthy snacks with you. Um, apples are really easy. 
String cheese is really easy unless you live in Arizona and it's 120 degrees. You don't want 120 degree string cheese. Um, <laughs> but even like, you know, 20 almonds or 10 whole walnuts, things like that. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to snacking, make sure that you're pairing. If you're having carbs, you should pair always pair them with a protein or a fat because it slows the carb. Um, it slows the sugar flow in your bloodstream. Yeah. I so think a lot the, of people those have... would be the, the couple things that I would say off the bat. Those are things you could do that you should within a week's time find an immediate um, difference in how you're feeling. That's awesome. It's, it's funny, too, that you said that, too, because anyone doing, um, you know, keto, um, they're we're all kind of used to seeing like this. Uh, it's called the macro slash insulin sensitivity scale, where basically it's kind of like saying, hey, look, if we look at macros um, as fuel for the fire, carbs are going to be like the paper, throwing paper in a fire, like, you know, protein is kind of like wood. And then, um, you know, obviously fat is like throwing coal where it just kind of goes low and slow. And anyone mm -hmm. who's really done like any sort of testing, I mean, it's funny that you've never even done keto, but this is normally for people that already have been doing keto for a long time and like actually like test themselves and get to understand the relationship with their body and their actual numbers. What we all typically see is that you're hundred percent right. And that you mix these different things in different proportions. And yeah, it has a huge night and day um, effect, you know, on mm -hmm. blood sugar. And sometimes you can actually get away with eating a little more carbohydrate. You might not be in ketosis per se. Right. But in the same breath, like you actually look at your blood numbers and you're like, Oh, it's fine. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh, okay. Right. Right. Like I went over five grams, seven grams. And you do that maybe like, breakfast lunch and dinner at the end of the day maybe you're up uh, maybe you start like a like a 20 total gram protocol to be in ketosis however when you do what you're saying and you're like okay cool let me let me up my greens let me up more you know more broccoli like you would said maybe a little more salad or whatever hey i'm doubled or maybe even more than doubled my total carbohydrate intake however i'm looking at my blood sugar and it's fine you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's so, so, that's so, so, uh, it's so, so cool that you said that. Now, let me play a little bit of good, pad, uh, good cop, bad cop, and I'm going to throw some rocks at you, okay? So sure. when people come to you and they're like, all right, Jeanette, um, I love what you're saying about the whole water thing, but look, I, I'm grossed out with water and I like soda. Um, I'm not going to drink water. Um, what do you got to say there? Well, first of all, no one should drink soda, whether it's diet or regular soda. It's, it's been scientifically proven to cause cancer and lead to other diseases. Um, you know, I think, um, I can't think of the one it's like at the, t the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it right now, but, um, soda's bad no matter what. And if, you, if you're finding it difficult to drink water, then I would say, you know, if you need to add a lemon to it, add a slice of orange to it add, you know, some mint to it, add something to it. Um, sometimes people have to slowly wean themselves off of soda and they, you know, to get themselves down to water. You know, I would tell people, you know, I've had clients that I've told, you know, get yourself from six diet Cokes to four and then to two and then to one and, you know, have one for a while and then switch over to crystal light. Ooh, and, you know, sweet. you want to do crystal light. That's fine. It's artificially sweetened. I understand. Sometimes you can find it with, um, with, um, geez, my brain's not working today. Um, not Splenda, but, uh, what's the, um, Stevia. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I knew it started with an S. Sometimes you can find some of those drinks that are sweetened with Stevia as, as opposed to Splenda. Stevia is natural. So obviously that's, you know, more recommended than something that's not NutraSweet or something. Um, and then slowly, you know, start to wean yourself over to water. I understand some people don't like water, but honestly, your body needs, it needs water. It needs it. You just, someone who drinks one or two glasses of water a day, who could get up to eight to 10 glasses of water a day, will see a complete difference in the way their body functions. Com complete. They 100%. will be able to think. They will be able to wake up in the morning naturally. They Everything will just work better. No brain fog, less aches and pains. I mean, you name it. If from the full spectrum, yeah, everything yeah, will change. 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, um, uh, just to kind of add on to some of the points that you had made, you're 100% right in that um, even like coffee actually has a dehydrating effect uh, yes. for a lot of people. And then in the same breath, you know, uh, just – 
one of these things that we kind of got off of happenstance is um I think it was on uh like Shark Tank where this kid had this little like infuser thing where you can like you know uh add uh flavor to the to your water and stuff like that. Um you can find these things on Amazon. Uh, one of my wife's favorites is you know you take cucumbers, you slice it up, you put it in there and then also like you know strawberries, slice that up in there. Um so next thing you know you have like this cucumber strawberry water. Um yeah, it's super cute or whatever but in the same time same time it tastes great. Um, it's 100% natural, and yeah, it's not mm-hmm. it's not packed. It's definitely not like having a bunch of, uh, you know, um, apple juice or something, right? So, oh my gosh, yeah, you're better off drinking a can of Coke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, right, absolutely. And then here, let me throw that another could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then here, let me throw another rock at you, okay? So, uh, Jeanette, you are working with me, and I'm saying, you know what? I get what you're saying about being prepared and like, you know, having these almonds and. Um, yeah, having a 120 degree, uh, you know, string cheese is gross, right? Like, but Hey, uh, let me be real here. I'm, I'm a working I'm, parent. I got family. I got, you know, there's just so many things going on in my life right now. I just don't have time to prepare. Um, what's maybe like a tip trick or strategy, or maybe what's maybe some additional guidance that you would give me? Um, well, if we're talking snacks, I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many healthy snacks out there that are literally, literally just grab and go, you know, yeah. like hard boiled eggs right? Unless you have a cholesterol issue. Even then you could throw away the yolk and eat the egg white. Hard boiled eggs, you could buy. They're already hard boiled. It's just an egg, right? Uh, String cheese, again, if you're not in Arizona during the summer, that's always a good option. (laughs) Nuts is a good option. Fruit, vegetables. I mean, you could, even nowadays in most convenience stores, you could walk in and go to their uh, refrigerated section and find you know, cut up apples or cut up carrots or, I mean, so many places are carrying that stuff. Now, Walgreens, I don't know about you, but even like the Walgreens drugstores here now carry that stuff. Um, Dried fruit, obviously it has a higher sugar content. You're better off eating fresh fruit because you're getting the fiber and you're getting the moisture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But really, if you're so busy that you can't food prep, and have healthy things available for you made at home, then pay for it, right? For what you would pay to have someone prepare your meals a couple times a week or prepare snacks and have them prepackaged for you, right? So that you could just grab them and go in the morning. Um, you would, you'd be spending much less than five, 10, 15 years from now when you're, you know, disabled because of diseases, because you lived off McDonald's, Wendy's and Burger King. Um, I mean, there's, there's always a healthier option. And if you find yourself in the drive through at McDonald's and it's eight o'clock at night and your kids are screaming that they want their chicken nuggets. And this is really the only thing in the area, then get yourself a salad. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And well, let me, let me ask you this, right? Cause uh, I think that there's probably gonna be a handful of folks that are like listening to this. And they're like, you know what? Jeanette, I love every single thing that you're saying. Um, clearly, I can not only hear like you know the the uh, the positivity in your voice and your energy and all of that stuff, but let me be real here. I could I could just tell that your energy's up and you you're probably in wonderful shape. Let me just ask you this because I'm gonna they're thinking to themselves like I'm in a completely different place right now. So what were maybe some of like I'm in a low point. I'll just say it that way, okay? Like I'm I'm in a low point. You sound great, but maybe just what you're doing isn't where I'm at right now, you know, what were some of your early failures? Um, and like, how were you kind of like able to get over those? If you were looking in the rearview mirror and you saw Jeanette going through just some of the, some of the rougher stuff, like what were some of the failures that you had? And like, maybe what were some of the things that you would give yourself now looking in the rearview mirror? Oh gosh. I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me, and this is really kind of hard to admit, but the biggest thing for me was one convincing myself that I was worth it, convincing myself that I deserved to be healthy and to feel good and to look good in my own opinion, right? That's subjective. That was one of the big things for me. And then the other big thing for me was um, realizing, you know, because especially as a mom, I, I know that there are dads out there that are like this too, but I think it happens more with women who are raising children is I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah, I'm raising yeah. my kids. I'm running them around here and there and blah, blah, blah. And I hear that more from women than I do men. That's why I say, I think it happens more with women than men. But we, you know, we say we don't have time 
because we're so busy taking care of everyone else when what we don't realize is that if we don't take care of ourselves and something happens to us, who's going to take care of everyone then? Ooh. Realizing that sometimes being selfish is so unselfish. Mm -hmm. Taking time for me and my self-care, whether it be getting a massage because I've had a stressful week or going for a walk because I need fresh air and I need to clean my, clear my mind and clean my thoughts, you know, whatever it may be, right? Anything that's healthy and productive, I consider to be self-care. Um, if you don't take a moment and be selfish for yourself, then you're not doing anyone that you love any service. You're doing them a great disservice because again, when something happens to you, who's going to take care of them then? Oh and and getting your family to understand that is sometimes very difficult, but it normally just takes a conversation or two. I, I had to go on strike. <laughs> I literally had to go on strike in my house. Like, look, I need this for me because if I get to that point, it's not going to be good for anybody. Yeah. And they believed me. They, yeah. they said, what do you, what do you need? How can I help you? You know, and sometimes it's hard to ask for that help, especially when you're used to being strong and you carry the weight and you do everything yourself. And I mean, that was me. I didn't get married until I was 40. I raised my son by myself for the first 13 and a half years of his life. You wow. know, I worked full time. I went to school full time as a new mom. And oh I mean, goodness. I was always busy, busy, busy. It was always, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And now, you know, with my, my, both of my boys out of the house and my husband, you know, out of the house most of the time for work, I'm sitting here going, what do I do now? It's just me. I don't have anyone to take care of. And then I look in the mirror and say, it's your turn. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've put other things in front of me for a very long time. And now finally I'm saying, thank God I caught, you know, especially diabetes. I caught the diabetes in time that I was able to reverse it just by making lifestyle changes, losing weight, making lifestyle changes. I was able to reverse it. I mean, my, my mother passed at 57. Oh my you know? goodness. My grandmother passed when she was in her fifties. My dad was 64. I could sit here and say, man, I'm almost knocking on death's door. I'm going to be 47 this year, but I can say, you know what? I'm not because I'm not walking around filled with disease because of lifestyle choices that I made. You know, I was able to reverse a lot of those things by making some good choices changing my lifestyle and the lifestyle and habits of my children and my husband and say, we, we should be able to live a much happier, longer life now. Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, going back to some of the points you had made, you know, I mean, hydrating, right. Being prepared, right. So simple. That's not, yeah. We're, we're not talking like, you know, 10 pounds of crap on a two pound bag over here. I mean, that's, no. you know what I'm saying? That's super, super simple. Now um, inside of that, because you just, dumped a bunch of gold let me ask you this now um and obviously this can always change or whatever but with your journey with type 2 did you ever have like what would you consider like your lowest point um and how did you get out of that i would have to say it was i don't know if my lowest point with diabetes as a whole was at, was after i was diagnosed as a type 2 mm -hmm. i think it was when i had gestational diabetes when i got that call I had just gotten home from the grocery store, literally, mm -hmm. and my doctor called and she's like, you've got gestational diabetes, you need to start taking insulin right away. And I'm like, there's no way, I'm not doing it. And I literally had a meltdown. And she's like, you don't understand the risk that you're putting yourself in and the risk you're putting your baby in. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And it was at that point, and that was probably the, fir the first, that was the epiphany I had with medication is not always the best way. Yeah. I'm not saying that medication is bad, but it's not always the best answer. Yeah. Um, I think that was it because, you know, I met with her the next day and I said, I want to do this naturally. I don't want to do insulin. Please give me the opportunity. And that was the first time in my life that I, I ate off of the clock. I literally ate every three hours I was awake. I walked two miles a day. Um, I, I took the train to work. So I had a one mile walk in the morning and a one mile walk in the afternoon. So it worked perfectly for me. Um, I ate every, you know, three or so hours that I was awake and I literally stuck my finger seven times a day and I kept my blood sugars where they needed to be so that I didn't have to do insulin while I was pregnant. Um, 
But second to that would have probably been, you know, when my A1C climbed up to 10-ish, um, two, almost two years ago. And I was disgusted with myself because I had done a program twice. It was very expensive. It was very restrictive. I lost weight, but I was miserable. I would cry at night. I'd go to bed at seven o'clock at night because I was starving. Um, wow. the pro, but the pro, I mean, the program worked and it, for some people, it probably, it was sustainable for me. It was not, I was miserable and I did it once. And then, you know, stupid things came into my life and I gained the weight back. And then I'm like, well, I know it, I know it works. So I'm going to do it again. And again, it was very expensive, but I'm like, I know it works. I know what not to do. I know how to not gain it back. I did it again. I lost the weight again. And then eight months later, I gained it back. And I was so disgusted with myself as I was sitting at my doctor's office. I was pissed. I was ornery. And she was like, what's the matter? You're not yourself. You're so upset. And I'm like, because I allowed myself to fail again. I gained the weight again. My A1C is up again. Everything. I'm just, I'm screwing myself. You know, I'm like, I can't, for some reason, I just can't get control over it. Um, and that's when I said, next time you see me, I, things will be different. And that, that's when I, I fell upon this, the program that I used in order to lose the weight. And I was able to get myself out of the, the red zone for diabetes and under pre-diabetic. And I mean, that's, that's where I've been since. That's huge. That's, you know what, let me, uh, let me ask you this because in some of the groups that we're in and maybe just even overall consensus, um, and I would actually be the first to say for a lot of us, just like you're sharing now, it's, it's not our fault in feeling this way because of the way that the diet industry is kind of like push things on us, right. right. Uh, over time. Yeah. And so because of that, and maybe just because of the way that we've been conditioned over time, it's either like a, it's either like a, you get an A or you fail type failure when the truth of the matter is, is like when we understand that everybody's body is a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be a little bit daunting at looking at our actual numbers for the first time. When you say that you were actually looking at your tipping yourself and taking a quick look at, you know, what your body was telling you seven times a day, right? Taking those little blood test measures. Um, mm -hmm. What? How were you able to kind of like overcome that voice saying because keep in mind, like you were what your A1C was how high at the time when you first started doing that? Well, that when I was doing my blood, taking my blood sugars, you know, seven times a day, I was just, I had gestational diabetes. Okay. So it was, it was about, what would you say is around the, the number that you were looking at? My, uh, my, when I tested my own blood. Yeah. To start, to start right. When it was, when uh, maybe I, it was peaking. Probably in the 170s. I don't know. That's 20 years ago. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But no, just uh, just the fact that okay, so it, it's high, right? Yeah. Long story short, there it's high. And so, what about looking at those numbers? Because a lot of us, uh, I know at least for me, um, this is gonna sound really weird. What really got me to like change everything, and maybe just like the light bulb went off for me, is that when I was doing keto, I was looking at everything. I was doing everything that I could to measure my ketones. And mm -hmm. it actually kind of clicked for me when I actually went to buy a ketone monitor and being the goofball that I was, I accidentally bought the wrong strips. I bought the blood ketone or blood blood strips mm -hmm. instead of the ketone strips. And because I was mm -hmm. too lazy, I just kept them, you know, and I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll just use these things. And the next thing you know, I was like, dude, I'm doing all this work and I don't have to, you know what I mean? Um, right. So what, but in the same breath, the, the truth of the matter is, is I was running from it. If I had to be totally honest, I was running from looking at that. Like, how were you able to like say, okay, um, how are you able to just get past that and say, Hey, look, I'm in the one seventies, which I think if we looked at a scale is probably somewhere in the sevens or the eights or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. how are you able to keep looking at it to the point where, how are you able to control that, that demon or that voice in the head? I should say. Well, I, I mean, nothing goes away if you run from it and nothing goes away if you ignore it. Right. Yeah. Just, just nothing does. I mean, nothing does. There's, if there's a problem, you've got to confront the problem, figure out some solutions, weigh your options, make a decision and get into action, right? That's what you have to do. You can't just sit here and go, eh, it's going to be fine. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> a year or two years or three years or 10, 12, 15 years, if you're so lucky down the road, you're finding out you just did all this damage to yourself. Yeah. I mean, 
I have, I have family members, cousins who wound up in the hospital because their blood sugars were in the six and seven hundreds, you know, I mean, they should have been in comas and they weren't. So it's, you can't ignore it, right? Mm -hmm. You can't ignore it. And you've got to educate yourself on it. You've got to learn how your body reacts to things and you have to do what's good for you just by simply saying, well, my doctor said to take this. I got, I'm going to take that. Okay, great. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to take that for the rest of your life? Are you like, think about that. Is that, is that what you want to do for the rest of your living days? And if the answer is, I'm not sure or no, well then just simply doing that little part is not the beginning and the end. That's the beginning. Right. Oh my goodness. So true. So, you know, actually here, let me, uh, let me throw something at you because, um, you know, as we were talking here, you're saying, well, you know what? Like, I'm a foodie, right? I think a lot yeah. of us are. If I could be totally honest, like, that's a huge part of why I'm a type 2 diabetic, right? So yeah. what – how are you able to, like, enjoy yourself? Uh, you know, like, what are, what are you – what are things that you're doing to control either blood sugar or just maybe just overeating in general? Like, what are some of the – what are the things that uh, – some of the things that you're doing right now? A lot – the biggest part for me was understanding that food is meant to be fuel for the body. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be joy. It's not meant to be pleasure. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have in society today is that they're like, Oh, this is so good. It makes you feel good. Or, you know, I mean like sugar, right? I'm sure that you've seen those, those pictures or read the, read the studies that show that sugar lights up the brain more than cocaine does. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you over Halloween. I was not in my best. <laughs> oh yeah. No, same here. Yeah. In absolutely. my best frame of mind. Right. And right. I'm just like, wow, those Reese's take fives, the salty, the sweet, the peanut butter, the chocolate. Yeah. I could eat a whole bag. A couple times I ate more than I should have. Sure. But, sure. You know, we, we, again, allowing ourselves some grace and realizing we are not always going to be a hundred percent and strong. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and realizing that just because I ate three pieces of chocolate today, doesn't mean I eat three pieces of chocolate every day for the rest of my life. Right. It means I had a weak moment. I wanted it. I had, I thought about it. I had it and I moved on my next meal. I was healthy, right? What do I do now in order to make sure I don't hit those moments so often I plan ahead. I know if I'm going to go out to eat, then I say, okay, I know that my friend's coming into town and she loves Chicago pizza. So we're going to go for Chicago pizza on Friday that may or may not include a beer. So that means I need to be on my best behavior all week long. Right. I need to eat healthy. I need to, of course, make sure I'm properly hydrating. There won't be any alcoholic beverages, no desserts. No, it's going to be fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fish and lean meats all week so that Friday I can go out and I can have a salad and I can have a couple pieces of pizza and maybe a beer and I cannot feel guilty about it. There you go. Oh right? my goodness. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all about planning and preparing and being prepared for what you have ahead. You know, I, I, one of the biggest things I tell my clients is live every moment with intention. If you're doing something and you can't say why, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Oh, Every moment goodness. should be with intention. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things for me. It's like, okay, I'm going to eat this piece of candy. Why am I eating it? Cause I'm mad. I'm eating it. Cause I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Am I eating it just because you know what? I just want a piece of candy, you know? And it does yeah. not, it doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you a bad person. No. It makes you a human being. That's right. And I could eat that piece of candy and know that I had a piece of candy and I'm moving forward. And tonight I'm going to have my grilled fish and I'm going to have my broccoli and I'm not going to have chocolate ice cream with my husband because I had a piece of candy. Right. 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 It's, it's not that you can't ever have those things again. It's learning how to have them, you know, every once in a while, as opposed to all the time, because it's not the best option for your body. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know what? I think, Oh gosh, we covered so much. I, um, we, you and I, we're doing this again. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, cool. I, 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 just, I, I was almost like, as that came out of my mouth, I was like, "Am I overstepping my boundaries? Am I committing Jeanette to something that she didn't even?" You know? So, so. <laughs> no, this is this is actually this has been great. I mean, it's just you don't 
I mean, I live that way every day. So like when people ask me certain things, like I have clients who ask me certain things and I'm just like, well, that's just common sense. And then I have to take a step back and remember my common sense is based off of what I've lived in through my life. And not everyone has lived my life. So we don't all have the same common sense. So yeah. to be able to share little bits and pieces that may make a light bulb go off for someone else. When for me, it's like, turn the light bulb off already. It, it's, you know, that that's why I love doing what I do. You know what? You Let's know? talk about that. So um, you've been so generous with sharing not only just information, tips, tools, and tactics. You gave us, you know, like your own personal story, your own personal context, how you're able to get all this, go over, get, you know, get through all this stuff. Um, so you didn't even mention throughout this entire thing that you are a health coach, right? Um, uh, and let me ask you, I mean, I almost want to assume, but I don't want to assume anything and put words in your mouth. Now, did you become a health coach because of your journey with type two and you're now out trying to help other people? That's part of it. That okay. is part of it. You know, I found a way that seemed so simple for me, um, mm -hmm. to be able to lose weight and get healthy and get off of prescription medications that I knew that it wasn't something that I should keep to myself. You know, it's like one of those little good little bits that you say, oh my God, there's other people out there that are suffering just like I'm suffering. And if I can help just one person or two people or a hundred or a thousand people, it would all be worth it. And I'd make that commitment. So that's why I decided to health coach. I was just like, there's gotta be other people out there like me who need something like this. Yes. And you know what? You're so, uh, you're so humble. Um, you know, before we even started, um, recording, you were like, you know, I don't want to be a salesperson. So let me be your salesperson. Okay. <laughs> so if this, <laughs> if any of what Jeanette is saying is resonated with you in any way, in any way at all, look, whether you just want to say thank you, right. Or whether yes. you're looking to like, maybe even, you know, work with her one-on-one, -on -one. uh, look, obviously, uh, there's just even, even if all you want to do is say thank you, I suggest that you should do that. Um, if you want her to maybe even hold your hand, work one-on-one -on -one and or whatever, right? Jeanette, what is the, what is the easiest and the most effective way uh, that we can, that somebody maybe listening to this can get a hold of you and say, hey, um, not only do I, either I, well, I just want to give you a high five or maybe I need some help too. Uh, what, what's something that someone can do? Um, well, there's two different ways that you can get in touch with me. The first way, which uh, for anyone who's on social media would be the easiest way. I am on Facebook and LinkedIn um, just by my name. It's J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. -E -T -T -E. My last name is C-H-A-R-O-N. Or they can email me directly at J-T-C-1272 at AOL.com. Wonderful. And now we, my beloved friend... Um, are going to do a lightning round. So I'm just going to start throwing some fastballs at you, and it's almost going to be like word association, okay? So we're going to play this okay. little game where I'm just going to throw stuff at you, and then let's just see what happens. All right, you ready? All right, okay. Here we go. If you could leave one message, okay, for other type 2 diabetics, whether it's like to inspire them, like motivate them, or even educate them, what would that be? Advocate for yourself and do research so that you know exactly what you're dealing with and how to get away from it. When you were younger, if you were to give yourself a superpower, whether it served you only when you were a kid or even now, what would that superpower be? To know when people are lying. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third and the last one is going to be, what was the last meal that you ate? I had a turkey bacon BLT and sweet potato fries out of the oven. Wonderful. There you go. Mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. Our <laughs> beloved our beloved sister, Jeanette Chiron. Jeanette, hey, I just want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your day, right? Um, ladies and gents, this is, I'm sure you could probably realize, this is the type of information that she shares with people that work with her, her friends, her family. Um, we are in a couple of different, you know, diabetic groups here together and um, yeah, never. And whether it's like just what she's sharing on social media or even just what you're getting out of this now, this is the type of stuff that and not only that, it doesn't even show an inkling as the different the different uh, positive things that you put out there. So if any of this has resonated with you, give Jeanette some love, whether it's just a high five, an email saying thank you or whatever, show her some love. And uh, yeah, we're all better for it. So thank you, Jeanette. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Absolutely.
Huge shout out and thank you to Jeanette Chiron. Look, if you want to give her some, some love, again, go ahead and reach out to her at the same time. If you want the show notes for this episode, you can get them right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash episode seven. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash episode seven. And we'll see you in the next one. 